are listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat. And it is officially March. Yeah, like halfway through March, I feel like this month is just happened? totally blowing by. I know, you know, uh, I guess it's we're still I mean, in that, is it April? It's probably April. We're still <laughs> in that post-Mardi Gras haze, and I guess, you know, uh, it's just going to be, you know, April. And Somebody was writing something for it. me today, and they were like, what's the date? I'm like, you're asking the wrong person. Right. I mean, literally have no idea what the date is. Yeah. So. On the flip side, because, you know, it's the weather's somewhat improving, and it's getting a bit to be about that time, we have a lot of field trips coming up. Yes, we yes. Are to be out and like about all over the coast. Literally every week, <laughs> yes. sometimes twice a week. Yes, exactly. indeed. <laughs> so, uh, if you're if we're not here in the coming weeks and months, we're probably on an airboat, <laughs> a small plane, or right. other type of vessel. As long as I show up in the right place at the right time, that's what I'm worried about. And there's half a chance that that might. Not right. Well, you're here today, so well. I'm so excited about this uh, show today. We're catching up with a number of friends, former guests, hearing the latest and greatest of what's happening. In coastal Louisiana, we'll have some guests on in the second part of the show yes. to talk about that. But up front, we have our our colleagues and friends from the American Shoreline Podcast Network, um, who actually distribute Delta Dispatches. So, um, but they also produce a number of different shows from across the country that talk about coastal resilience and other issues um, outside of Louisiana. So it'll be good to dig into some of those topics in Definitely. terms of what's happening outside of Louisiana. In, in case our guests forgot, we are um, global, universal. I mean, I mean, we're not just local anymore. We're right. we're as <laughs> multi-planetary. Well, as a now. result of the distribution through the American Shoreline Podcast Network. So let's bring them on. Welcome back to Delta Dispatches, Peter Ravella and Tyler Buckingham. Hey guys, thanks for having us. Great to be here. We we always ask guests like you fellows, like, can you believe that Jock and I made it this long? We're still here. <laughs> you guys are great. I mean, I can. I, I got to say, with all the airboating and small aircraft <laughs> and uh, planes, trains, and automobiles you guys are doing, I'm impressed that you guys are in the same place sitting down. But I'll tell you, it's great to be on your show. We love it. Uh, it's a wonderful perspective to share with our the nation of listeners on the American Shoreline Podcast Network. What goes on in Louisiana is influential for the entire country so thank you guys for for bringing that to our listeners yeah we we love being part of the network it, it actually you know y'all do these cool daily blasts and i read through them every day and and i always pass it along because i feel like i want to know what's happening in other parts of the country and and even my kids funny story y'all posted a article about some treasure being found on the florida coast the other day and and my kids and i watched this show and they were looking for the treasure and so i was like oh man even my kids mm -hmm. have something in the daily blast <laughs> that's fantastic so tell us what have you guys been up to in 2020 how's your 2020 going and you know for those who may have not um, you know, listen to the first episode that you were on. Tell us a little bit about the American Shoreline Podcast Network. What other shows are involved and kind of what kind of content are you putting out through it? I'm happy to answer that. Um, yeah, so the American Shoreline Podcast Network is a network of voices, thought leaders, people that work on the coast and are uh, in positions to educate and share valuable perspectives with everyone else on the American shoreline. And the idea is that we are all connected and that as we uh, turn toward 
the notion of resiliency and adaptation to climate change uh, and sea level rise, industries and silos that historically have not communicated with each other, for example, the petrochemical industry or the oil and gas industry and the tourism industry, or, uh, you know, the, the coastal engineers need to speak with advocates. Uh, everyone needs to work together to become a more resilient society. That is our fundamental uh, idea. And in order to facilitate that, we are, we've created a network of voices. And the idea is that you listen to people, sure, some of, the, some of the folks on our network might be just like you and share your perspective. But some of the folks on our network might have a very different perspective and a very different expertise. And the idea is that you listen and you learn from those people. And um, by so doing, you become a more uh, resilient uh, thinker. And the ideas that you'll have about the coastal space will, will be more evolved and incorporate, um, you know, more of a social understanding. So, Peter and Tyler, you all host the flagship show on the network, the American Shoreline Podcast. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the guests that you have had on recently, and what are some of the topics you've been discussing? Well, I have a I have a sneaky suspicion Peter's not on the line. I haven't heard him yet, and if he is, I hope he speaks up because uh, <laughs> he is he is my co-host. And uh, y'all y'all have a team uh, like me and Jacques here. Uh, <laughs> one of us, <laughs> one of us is the silent partner. <laughs> Simone is to Jacques as exactly. Peter is to Tyler. I'm, I'm I'm sure there's a good reason for it, um, but I'll tell you, uh, there is one show that I, I had to circle. So we've had the pleasure over the past year and a half of uh, traveling around the country a little bit and um, going to coastal conferences and uh, meetings and chatting with people. And I'll tell you, I can't speak more highly of the Social Coast Forum uh, that took place in Charleston uh, just last month. And while we were there, uh, we had the opportunity to sit down with Craig Gill and uh, a group. He's the director of the University Press of Mississippi. And uh, the, the name of this podcast is The Complicated and Inspiring Social Fabric of America's Third Coast. You can find it on the American Shoreline Podcast Network, uh, anywhere you listen to pods. But scroll back a little bit and listen to this one if you're down there in Louisiana or along that shoreline. Uh, we've got a series of writers on this podcast, and they talk about some of the social and cultural elements of the Louisiana and Gulf shoreline that we, that we need to adapt to as well, that we need to store and keep and, and preserve uh, as as the as we lose land and as communities are forced uh, to uh, as as you guys say uh, say in the name of your show show uh, it's it's restore retreat uh, you know it's it's absolutely essential that these folks are able to preserve their culture and these writers are have been so they just have immersed themselves and I'll, I'll go through a couple of them for you guys uh we had jessica schleck snyder on mm -hmm. who did a a book on the 
on these uh, cemeteries that are going to be overtaken. And it is just so fascinating and, and important. And I would encourage all of your listeners to go online and check these, these books out. Um, Don Davis and Carl uh, Brousseau are working on a book on the shrimping industry in the Gulf Coast, which has a fascinating history. Um, and, I mean, the, the, the power of that industry over time and then what's happened to it recently is large. I, I had no idea, guys. So uh, this show was so illuminating, and I would just highlight it for your audience. That's great. And, I mean, you know, love highlighting kind of the writers that are doing such amazing work. And those work. are Jessica Schexniner and Matt Bethel, who were on that show, or uh, with Louisiana Sea Grant. And so we've had Dr. Twilley right. on the show many times, and so we work closely with several members of the Sea Grant staff. And so we're gonna we're definitely going to have to um, pin those two down and, and get them on the show, because I'd love to t- especially talk to Jessica about fragile grounds. Well, we are up against a break. Do you mind staying with us just through the break, and we'll continue to talk about what other shows you feature, on um, on the network? Absolutely. Happy to stick around. Okay. Stick with us. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 and on podcast. We'll be right back. National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org Louisiana, to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. nwf.org slash Louisiana. Hi, I'm Don Cheadle. Listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress. That has made our air and water cleaner and the products in our homes safer. So not only can our planet prosper, so can our future. Go to edf.org to see how you can help. At Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy, Audubon, Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems, focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats for the benefit of humanity and the Earth's biological diversity. Visit la.audubon.org to learn more and support our mission. la.audubon.org. Restore Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast community and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, 
Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund. And I'm Simone Laws with Restore a Retreat, and I have the coastal voice of the week. I love our state, and I want the best for Louisiana and its residents, and that includes saving our land. And that was by Roberta in Tickfall. I actually know where Tickfall is. I do, too. Good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, do you know where Tickfall, Louisiana is? You know what, guys? I think you got me stumped on that one. <laughs> That's okay. It's a lovely place. So thank you, Roberta, for that comment. Um, we're back with Tyler Buckingham um, with the American Shoreline Podcast Network. And we're just talking about all the great coastal content and shows that are out there um, that are distributed through the network, including Delta Dispatches. So our show gets distributed to people all over the country who, you know, care about these issues. And so we're so excited to be part of that network and have the partnership. Um, Tyler, you may remember from our last uh, show that we have a fun question tradition on Delta Dispatches. So I guess my fun question for you, you know, our um, theme music is by the Lost Bayou Ramblers. If you were to pick a band to do a theme music for any podcast that you were producing, what would it be? Oh, my Lord. Uh, well, I produce uh, quite a few podcasts, so I have struggled with this question mightily. Um, and I am going to uh, have a diplomatic answer initially and say um, it really depends. Uh, the musical selection is obviously a, a big time a matter of personal choice. But given that this is my personal choice, uh our podcast, the American Shoreline Podcast, our tune is based off of a tune by Country Comfort, which is a Hawaiian band Ooh. of the 60s. And uh, this is kind of, it's kind of a Hawaiian folk revival thing happening there. Um, and it's very, it's it's got a really nice groove to it. And I dig it very much. So uh, I think that'd be my answer. Very good. Very good answer. I, w- I was just thinking like, something beachy like how silly i was like your favorite summer beachy song and jock's our vinyl expert in this room and so he probably is should be the only person that picks our theme music around here so oh my lord it's it's just you can't go wrong i mean there's so many different directions you can go you know uh but anyway well it really helps yeah it really helps set i think the the tone and kind of the um, you know, experience for the show. So we've we've stuck stuck with the Lost Bayou Ramblers. Louis mm-hmm. Michaud has come out yes. to our events. And he's the, the other day we listened to the whole song, and I was like, oh, I only we only hear those little clips. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, oh yeah, this whole song's beautiful too. And, and you know, Court uh, Thirteen that did uh, Beast of the Southern Wild. They're coming out with a new movie. Oh. Um, it's Peter Pan inspired Wendy. So I'm excited oh. to see what the soundtrack and score is of that. But anyway, wow. enough of enough of that. So. Uh, Tyler, we I mentioned the the coastal news today, but tell us a little bit about that and like how folks can sign up for that. Absolutely. So, uh, coastalnewstoday.com is a website uh, where we uh, have our podcast, of course, but we also uh, have a curated set of uh, coastal news that we do every single day. And I just completed today, so if you go on to coastalnewstoday.com, you'll see the latest. Um, you'll also notice that there's a subscribe button in the upper right-hand corner, and I, I highly encourage you to click on that 
totally free. Put your email in, and for, to- for, for no money at all, we will send you this list of stories that we curate every day. And what's cool about this list is that it's cross-sectional. So it gives you a landscape perspective of what's happening on the coast around the United States and also around the world. And, you know, we look at issues on the blue ocean having to do with shipping and, you know, new types of vessels and uh, offshore energy. We also look at what's going on inland from time to time. In fact, today we have a story about Asian carp in our inland waterways and uh, dam removal in the Pacific North, Northwest to uh, impact the salmon fisheries. So the idea here is to show the interconnectedness of it all. Uh, and so what Coastal News Today is, is it, it's a dashboard where you can go and relatively quickly kind of scan around and, and get a panorama of what's happening on the coast. And it's such a great resource for myself. I mean, I am predominantly working in Louisiana, but occasionally through EDF, we are doing more work in North Carolina and New York and New Jersey. And so it's just been such a great source of information for what's happening in places around the country. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, You know, Louisiana's governor recently announced and named um, a good friend of ours, uh, colleague Charles Sutcliffe, as the chief resilience officer for the state of Louisiana. And, you know, a number of different states, and particularly coastal states, are um, naming chief resilience officers to confront these issues of of sea level rise and storms and and land loss. Um, Are you noticing that trend, Tyler, and and the people you're speaking with? And and why is a role like that so important to a state like Louisiana or North Carolina or other places? This is a trend, uh, Jacques, and it's, it's really becoming clear that state, the the role of the state in planning, uh, prioritizing projects, but also getting local governments outside of a self-help problem where uh, certain, uh, you you know, you can imagine a a stretch of geography where uh, two interconnected places that, that are adjacent one might behave poorly and it will have a negative impact on the neighbor. So by appointing these positions and creating a czar at the state level, it coordinates and uh, prioritizes how to allocate resources. It also allows the state to be more effective in uh, lobbying its own Uh, legislature for resources, because this position can go and, uh, you know, credibly speak to that body and ask for money. So I think that it's, this is a, an important evolution in our coastal resiliency. Um, And I expect, I expect these positions to uh, continue to proliferate, not only in coastal states, but just, this will be a standard position sooner than later across the United States. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, you know, Charles is outstanding. He's really great at the work that he does. But it's also nice to know that he kind of has a built-in network of other folks, right? You know, not everybody has a Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority like we do, right? But if so many are are doing resiliency or resilience, they they can have that colleague somewhere else, and that's a good way for them to share information. You know, Simone, I don't know if if you're – uh, your audience there realizes this, but Louisiana leads the nation in many respects in its coastal planning. 
um, both in terms of the policy and kind of the, the creativity and the management structure that has been built up, and also in the budget. Um, so, and, and you know, rightly so, uh, y'all have some really challenging coastal management issues to contend with. Um, but what's, what's great to see is Louisiana continuing to lead the way. And uh, this, is one, this is why we love to have Delta dispatches on our, uh, on ASPX. You know, this is the, this, you guys are showing this perspective that is absolutely uh, a harbinger for the rest of the American shoreline. Well, we're grateful that you let us be a part of it and certainly talk about sometimes we feel like we have more challenges than opportunities. So it's it's nice to hear that, um, you know, for some of the heartache on those challenges that, that we are leading to some opportunities there. We want to talk about a couple of other shows that you have. You have a couple of friends on, um, like Derek with the Capitol Beach. He's talked um, to our former Senator Mary Landrew, talking about Gomesa. I think at one point somebody featured Senator Whitehouse, um, Congressman Gray. Graves, right? So I like to think that we're also like getting our tentacles in these other shoes too, <laughs> just like Jessica oh, and Matt. <laughs> oh, no question. I mean, why don't you tell us about uh, some of the other shows like Derek uh, Brockbank's show and, and some of the other shows that are featured through the podcast network? I, I'd be happy to. Uh, so uh, we have over 10 shows now and um, you know, your audience is familiar with Derek, the Capitol Beach pod. Uh, he actually just had a show out last week. Um, uh, he had uh, Jeff Peterson on, uh, who's the author of A New Coast Strategies for Responding to Devastating Storms and Rising Seas. Um, it's a great interview with the author. Uh, I, we have a new show, though, that I want to announce that I, I'm really proud of. Uh, We've got Erica Sears from Oregon. She works for the Oregon Coastal Tourism Bureau. And Tyler, uh, I'm and sorry she, to break in, but we're about to head into a break. So can you give us the website where people can go and check that out? Everyone, go to coastalnewstoday.com and subscribe to the American Shoreline Podcast Network wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. Thank you so much. We'll be right back after the break. On the ASPN Network, coastal news for the pelagic-minded. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Bear with Environmental Defense Fund. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore Retreat. Before we get to our next guest, there's an event coming up that we want to make sure to share with our listeners. Yeah, um, and we actually had uh, Nadia and Dom Gill mm-hmm. from Encompass Films on a prior uh uh, episode of Delta Dispatches. And so um, our organization, Restore the Mississippi River Delta, will be doing a screening of their film's Last Call for the Bayou um, on March 10th at the Zoni Mash Beer Project. So that alone is a reason to go to check out the Zoni <laughs> Mash Beer Project. So it was Ben Depp and Alex Coker, that series of films, Albertine right? Kimball, Albertine Kimball. Yeah, yes, like a lot of uh, familiar faces. So the event starts at 5 p.m. 5 to 6 p.m. we'll do a, a, a meet and greet. And then at 6 p.m. to 7 and we'll do a screening of Last Call for the Bayou. So that is March 10th, um, 5 to 7.30 at Zoni Mash Beer Project, 3940 Thalia Street. In New Orleans. In New Orleans. 
Um, well, speaking of New Orleans, I'd love to welcome our next guest to talk to us about um, an exciting announcement about a conference that's happening in a few months in New Orleans. Welcome back to Delta Dispatches, James Karst, Co Coalition of Shore Coast Louisiana's Communications Director. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me back. Yeah. So, so James, do you have the blue check? Do I have the blue check? I have the blue check, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. I think that, like, deserves yeah. to be in people's intro, if they've been blue checked oh, on, on the on Twitter. on Twitter, yes, yeah. he is blue checked. Like, I have the blue check. I, I, I would never have that, but, like, I think that's important <laughs> to note, that, that our next it's, guest it's has the blue tool. check. He yeah. is verified, yes. Verified. Um, verified. He, he's also been making the rounds on this crawfish controversy. <laughs> um, speaking of dipping, James. Do you dip? True. We dip, I dip you. I think you were a convert. Am I correct in saying that you weren't a dip? Mm -hmm. but now you are a dipper is that correct yeah you know I, i've been living in new orleans for 20 years and i have never been to a crawfish boil in new orleans where people dip their crawfish tails um however uh my girlfriend lives in homa uh -huh. and uh there they uh -huh. dip their crawfish right so, uh -huh. yeah. all dips yeah. go back to homa because so you keep citing my dip as the braithwaite dip which i appreciate that's a very kind <laughs> you know attribution i honestly think the original roots of that dip are it's in homa, homa. Yeah. yeah so do you know yeah. that um that my people in homa they actually make the dip and they keep it stored in a in a ketchup bottle in their fridge yeah like yeah, in a wow. in a like in like a squeezy a bottle on. yeah like a cleaned out ketchup bottle that's how much they dip that's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's better than it, like interesting if you let it to sit. Me that there's this, I'm sorry. It's interesting to me that there's this divide between Homa and New Orleans. They're relatively close. And yet uh, when when it became apparent that people do this in Homa, it was considered by a lot of New Orleanians to be such an abomination. You know? Yeah, I disagree with them. I'm, I've said it for yeah. the record that I believe mm -hmm. that the dip is also for the accoutrements. Um, but, you know, James, yeah. the, the same divide also exists with potato salad in the gumbo or mm -hmm. out of the yeah. gumbo. Mm -hmm. I, same true. divide. Yeah. Same divide. My husband's like, that's disgusting. Yeah. He gave me specially made bowls for Christmas, specially made hand-thrown bowls that have a little separate area for the, for the potato, potato salad. salad. Mm -hmm. So don't, we don't wow. mix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. All yes. right. Well, we again could do a whole show on the dip, but that's not what <laughs> we, you're here we to talk do a about. Whole State of the Coast session, <laughs> exactly <laughs> on the cultural divide. There we go. There you go, James. Um, we'll make it happen for State of the Coast. But there are a lot of other exciting things happening at State of the Coast, and you all put out an announcement a few days ago uh, with the speakers for this year's conference. So, who are some of the dignitaries and luminaries that you'll have at the State of the Coast this year? Yeah, uh, we just announced it. It's a it's a great list, and I think uh, there's some really exciting uh, names on there. Uh, we've got Marsha McNutt, the president of the National Academy of the Sciences. Uh, we, we have the governor, John Bell Edwards. Uh, we have uh, former Senator John Bro, uh, Garrett Graves, uh, member of the House of Representatives. Uh, we have Senator Bill Cassidy. Um, we also have Kate Orff, a landscape architect and MacArthur Genius Grant recipient. Um, and we have Richard Campanella, who's a geographer uh, and a professor at Tulane University. He's probably blue checked. Richard Campanella? He's probably blue checked. Uh, I'm not sure, but he's he's great on social media. I'll tell you that. Yeah, he and has great I little factoids. Get... I love his pictures, yeah. too. Yes, I, I think it'll be fantastic. Yeah. So, James, um, I mean, that's 
right there alone, just such a great list of speakers and across so many different disciplines and elected officials. Um, you're also going to have a number of panels and, and talks and kind of plenaries. So um, give us a little bit of an overview of what's happening beyond these keynote addresses. Yeah, so uh, first of all, I should be clear, the conference is May 26th through 28th. It's at the Ernest and Morial Convention Center in New Orleans. Um, we have a theme uh, this year. It is uh, investing in our future. And um, as you probably are aware, uh, 2020 is uh, a major anniversary for some significant events for our coast. Uh, it is the 15th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina and of Hurricane Rita. It is the 10th anniversary of the Deepwater Horizon oil spill and disaster. It's also the 30th anniversary of Quipra, which makes it great that we have John Bro there since he was the sponsor of Quipra, which is also known as the Bro Act. Um, and it is the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. So I, I think that all these anniversaries will certainly be on people's minds uh, at the conference. And we're all very excited about it. That's awesome. And um, registration's open now. So where can people go to, to register and make sure that they have a spot for this year's conference? That's right. Go to our website. It is stateofthecoast.org. And you'll find information on, uh, you'll find the agenda there. You'll find um, how to register there. There's sponsorship information. We have a few sponsorship spots still available. That's a mouthful. Um, and yeah, all kinds of other information. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great way for people to connect with other people and to share um, research. And uh, it's going to be really exciting. It's good. So who are the folks that attend, right? It's not just NGOs or um, government officials, right? There's folks from universities, from all over the place, economic development. Who, who's your audience? Yeah, I think there are going to be a lot of uh, people involved in research. Um, obviously, a lot of uh, NGOs will be there. Uh, CPRA uh, is one of, the, uh, one of the groups that puts on the conference with us. Uh, in addition to the Water Institute of the Gulf and Louisiana Sea Grant. Um, so they'll all be heavily involved. Um, as you mentioned, public officials, the, the, uh, the governor will be there. I'm sure representatives or uh, rather officials from uh, various municipalities across South Louisiana will be there. Um, industry people, people who are involved in um, coastal restoration efforts uh, from, from that angle um, will certainly be involved. And... Uh, yeah, it should be a great mix of people, I think. Well, awesome. And um, we have only a few minutes left, but there's a lot of other stuff going on at CRCL right now. You all have an awards banquet coming up soon, right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, our stewardship awards banquet in uh, Baton Rouge, I think on the 27th of this month at the Lyceum. Uh, I actually haven't seen the Lyceum yet, but it's supposed to be a very cool uh, event space. And this is going to be a great event for us. It's going to be part uh celebration, perhaps even mostly celebration. Um, and we're also going to be recognizing our Coastal Stewardship uh, Award winners there. Um, but we're going to show some short films there. Um, there will be uh, beverages and hors d'oeuvres, and it'll be great for uh, networking with other people interested and involved in coastal restoration. Um, so yeah, that's coming up. We also may be uh, debuting a beer that we're um, going to be collaborating with a local brewer on uh, at our Stewardship Awards banquet. So that is very exciting. I thought for sure yeah. you were going to say that you are going to debut a tip. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. 
Will there be an oyster eating competition at the state of the coast <laughs> this year? Well, well, that that let's just put it on the table now because I think that there could be. I think I think the right answer is there should be. Right? <laughs> Shouldn't um, everything have an oyster yeah. eating contest? Right. So yeah. what else do y'all have going on at CRC, y'all? It's kind of getting to be work time, right? Where you need volunteers and the weather's getting nicer. Yeah, we're, we continue to have um, marsh grass plantings. You know, we do a lot of uh, plantings of grasses. We also plant trees. Um, so we've got some of those events uh, posted on our Eventbrite page, which is where we post our volunteer opportunities. Um, we are planning uh, a couple of oyster reefs, and we are about to announce um, the new location for our oyster shell pile, which is where we collect and store oyster shell that we use to uh, build oyster reefs. Um, th- those are happening. Those are exciting developments for us. Um, other than that, you know, we'll be having our celebration later this year. I'm not sure that we've picked a date for that yet. Um, so, James, where yeah, can... Yeah, I, I would say those are the big things. Good. Can you tell us um, where they can find that information and then on the CRCL website and then give us again the details for the State of the Coast website where they can find more information? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our, our volunteer events are listed um, always on our Eventbrite page and on our homepage, uh, crcl.org. We also um, frequently post about them on our social media, especially our Facebook and our Twitter. So follow us there. Um, to be notified about events like that. And then, again, our conference is in late May. It's um, May 26th through 28th at the Ernest N. Morial Convention Center in downtown New Orleans. And our website uh, is stateofthecoast.org. Well, thank you very much for joining us. You're uh, always a good chatty guest that we love to talk to, always have good things going on. And so uh, please go see the State of the Coast or the CRCL website. Uh, But we're up against a break. We have one more segment left. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. From the bottom of the Marianas Trench, this is ASPN, the American Shoreline Podcast Network. News for the pelagic-minded. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund, and it is time for the Coastal Stat of the Week. 114 community leaders ask the Corps to make a win-win decision for a threatened swamp. More than 100 businesses, parish, and community leaders mobilized over the past few weeks, signing their entities onto a request for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to contribute to the state's river reintroduction into Morapa Swamp Project to balance what will be lost in the construction of the West Shore Lake Pontchartrain Levee. So that's a project that we've highlighted highlighted a bunch on the show, um, and it's great to see kind of our advocates and, and people across the community, across business, coming together to help move that project forward. Um, I'm excited to have on the show... Uh, a former guest of Delta Dispatches and a great partner, as well as this month's Thought Leader of the Month by New Orleans Magazine. Welcome back to Delta Dispatches, John Price, General Manager of the Old 77 Hotel. And he will be on in one second. Are you there, John? I am. Hey there. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing? How's your 2020 going? Oh, so far, so good. 
Um, did you have a good Mardi Gras? Oh, yeah, of course. Beautiful. Fabulous friends, family, fun, streets, parades. It was great. Yeah, really what's, great. what's not to love? And now we're in the post-Mardi Gras, <laughs> uh, you know, hectic season, I guess. But um, so you all have been really busy. And also, um, congratulations on being named Thought Leader of the Month by New Orleans Magazine. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Yes, I'm thinking all the time. <laughs> well, it was a great profile and really appreciate Thanks. the shout out that you gave to our organization. Um, and, and that sure. is specific to a partnership that you all have had with us and in support of us. So tell us a little bit about your Mississippi River Delta campaign. Sure. So in 2019, we launched a, um, a program called 300 More. Um, we got really excited over the 300 year anniversary of, of New Orleans uh, as a city. And um, when it came around to, you know, the, the 301st year, uh, we wanted to do something uh, promotional and, and to, to really sort of uh, to capture people's attention about the city and about the hotel. Um, but we also wanted it to be meaningful. And uh, we created this promotion that, that gives back uh, 5% of the guests uh, rate to uh, Mississippi River Delta. Uh, and so it's just been the most phenomenal, phenomenally successful promotion for us as a business um, but also just the amount of awareness and the amount of people that are that are booking. We've 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 booked uh, 3,508 uh, room nights on this promotion, which is by far and away uh, the best we've ever done. And it's just it's been incredible to to work with uh, with you guys and and to also just raise that um, awareness about um, <clears throat> about the issues and about and about the need for funding. And uh, the guests love it. They just love it. Um, they, they talk about it when they come in. So it's, it's great. It's been a really, really wonderful. Well, we are, you know, completely blown away and grateful for the support of your hotel, the Old 77, and all of your guests. Um, those proceeds allow us and our partners to do work, um, you know, replanting trees in the swamps and, and, and getting volunteers out to help um, do their part to restore the coast. So it's hugely beneficial and just such a great, um, you know, greatly appreciated effort on, on your part part. So thank you. Well, you're very welcome. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Um, I feel really good. Yeah. And we're excited to talk soon about ways to expand that going forward and provide more opportunities for, for your guests and others. Um, and you know, I, I will say, um, we've had a, a lot of friends and colleagues stay at the old 77. Um, absolutely love it. And of course, uh, you know, what's not to love about having, um, compare <laughs> La Pen and, um, you know, all these wonderful, uh, you know, places right at your fingertips. So highly recommend staying at the old 77 next time you're in town, or if you have family and friends that are visiting, having them stay there as well. It's a wonderful hotel and, and a spot to relax and enjoy our city. Yeah, it's, um, it, we appreciate the business and, um, you know, your, your continued support of us. And if you are staying with us, please uh, book the promotion. It's great. And you get money. So we love that. We like writing that check. <laughs> well, we we appreciate <laughs> it. What's the website where people can go to to, to make that um, you know reservation and, and do the booking through for the promotion? Yeah, it's um, uh, old number seven. <clears throat> excuse me, old number seven seven. The numbers hotel dot com, and you can flip over to the special offers page and check out. Um, we have a, a number of things there, but it, you can book it right there. Um, we have a great gallery on the on the uh, website as well, so you can really get a good sense and feel of the hotel. We've, a ton of different room room types um, uh, for people who who may be traveling on their own or, or with uh, with friends. Uh, it all works. So uh, yeah, by all means, uh, the website's the best place to do it. And I just want to say also, you know, we, we take a number of reservations uh, for hotel rooms over the phone. We're still a little bit um, 
for whatever reason, the hotel still has guests who use the phone, which is nice. We get to talk to people. Um, and the people who have been booking um, the reservations, um, they did a phenomenal job. Um, it's a company in San Francisco, and I, I have to say Topaz as a, as, a, as a company just did phenomenally. And one girl um, <clears throat> there in their reservation office booked $19,000 last year on her own. So just really phenomenal. And we sent her all kinds of great love. And thank you for the for the stuff that you contributed to that. She's, she was absolutely blown away. Oh, yeah. No, that's so awesome. And, and again, we appreciate all of the support that your um, organization and, and your colleagues have done. So I, I, let's talk a little bit about what else is going on at the Old 77. What do you have coming up this year? And then I know you guys do really cool things like you ha- you bring in experts from the city and guests can have like a happy hour and learn about the city right there in the lobby. So tell us about some yeah. of the other uh, so, offerings. <clears throat> That's been a really cool program, too, that, that we've really enjoyed. What we're trying to do here is, you know, the, the, the running of a hotel is, is, is a, there's a lot of moving parts, and it's a lot of fun. But what we also really want to do is, is do our part to preserve, you know, this, this culture and, and way of life. And uh, one of the things we're doing, it's called Know Your NOLA, and um, it is uh, it's a kind of a talk, uh, if you will, in the lobby. Uh, we're changing up the dates and times, so check out our social media to find out when it's coming up next. Um, but we cover everything. Last, last night we did one, uh, the literary history of, of New Orleans, which is fascinating. And a lot of people know, you know, the headliners, but uh, there's, there's just a number of people that are really, really cool and some really great work. But we've covered all kinds of topics, um, everything from, from, from the holidays and Christmas in New Orleans to Cajun culture to um, – uh, but the red light district that I didn't even know existed here on in Gerard Street. So just really cool stuff. Um, and so guests are invited to come in, have a, a cup of punch, and listen. And we work with um, – actually, it turns out to be my one of my oldest friends. Um, we met in fifth grade, and uh, she, uh, she runs uh, Lucky Bean Tours here in New Orleans. She's uh, local Louisiana, uh, 15 generations uh, deep, and um, just a phenomenal encyclopedic knowledge of the city. So she shares, and she's a brilliant storyteller like all good Louisiana folks. Um, but uh, yeah, so we've, we've really enjoyed that. Um, the other thing we do is we work with a, we work with a group called Where You Art, uh, and we, um, we exist as a satellite gallery for them. So you'll find in the hotel this really beautiful collection of local artists, um, right now we're doing a we're doing a show called Face Forward. Um, it's the experience of of being an individual looking at a portrait, and uh, it's really some phenomenal work by some really brilliantly talented people here in the city. So, and and of course Compare Le Pen, you know, the mm-hmm. just wonderful food. Chef Nina is just brilliant, and um, yeah, we continue to just uh, really enjoy that that relationship and partnership as well. That's incredible. I mean, I love them for brunch, for dinner, for uh, yeah. cocktails. And yeah. <laughs> and actually, you know, um, Chef Nina Compton has been um, engaging with some of our groups on um, coastal work as well. So um, it's yeah. great to see how connected that is. Well, John, thank you so much again for being on and, and especially to yourself and the Old 77 for all of your support and standing up for Louisiana's coast. One more time, what's the website that people can go to um, to you know learn more about Old 77, but also book their next day? <clears throat> Sure. www.old77hotel.com. You'll find us. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And I hope the rest of your 2020 goes well. Um, and uh, you too, Jacques. Yeah. And uh, thank you all for listening and joining us. As a reminder, we have an awesome event coming up on March 10th next week, uh, a screening of Last Call for the Bayou. 
That will be from 5 to 7.30 at the Zoni Mash Beer Project, 3940 Thalia Street in New Orleans. Um, it will we'll show the screening um, of the films. These are five films that profile people that have lived and are confronting um, Louisiana's land loss crisis. And then we'll have a meet and greet before. So 5 to 7 at Zoni Mash Beer Project on March 10th. Um, it's been a great show. Thanks to all of our guests, Tyler, James, and John. And we will be back with next week with an in-depth interview with one of our coastal leaders. So stay tuned for that. Um, and as a reminder, you can always find us online at deltadispatches.org. We've got a lot of episodes to catch up on. Subscribe, rate, like us, and tune in next week. <laughs>